Welcome to Everything's Not Black and White, a podcast about perspectives with your hosts, Lala and Brian. Hey everybody, welcome to today's podcast. This is your girl Lala, and that handsome guy across from me is my hubby Brian. Thank you, thank you very much. You're welcome. We are super excited about today's episode because we have an incredibly special guest. I mean, I believe in nepotism 100%, so this guest is is fruit of my loins, as I say. This is Miss Ajali Baker, affectionately known as Aji, Boo Boo, and a whole bunch of other wonderful nicknames. But we're super excited to have her on the podcast today because our topic is about student loans, education, and what future looks like for young people today. So Ajali is quite an accomplished student. Um, She is currently a senior in high school, graduating in May of 2020. Um, She's poised right now. She's number one in her class to be valedictorian. But prior to even graduating, she has already graduated magna cum laude from Columbus State Community College by way of the dual credit program that many high schools in many states are doing. So Ajali is quite the um, entrepreneur as well. She owns her own pet sitting and house sitting business called Creative Sitters. She has won three first place awards for her film shorts, which is just amazing for us as a family to watch her. She's currently the lead in her school play. She's a part of the Young Writers uh, Symposium with Mad Labs and a whole host of other things. So I'm a very proud mama and Brian's a very proud papa to welcome our daughter, Ajali, Miss Aji, to our podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for that introduction. I don't even need a resume. I just need to bring you along whenever I go and job. You know I'm your momager. Come on now. You know that. Now you realize we have to get her head back outside of this room. I know. Goodness, goodness. No, but I am super excited to be here and talk about my experience with school. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, we're very excited. We know that um, high school is a tough time for a lot of people. Um, You're trying to develop who you are, think about your future and your career. Um, and just be the best person you can be. So tell us a little bit about what your high school experience has been thus far. I originally came from the Canal Winchester School District, um, and then I found out about a school named Arts and College Preparatory Academy, or ACPA, and I went there with a few of my other friends from Canal Winchester, and it's been a really positive experience. It's half art, half academics, so... Um, A lot of the things we do are very college prep, and that's kind of how I got introduced to the dual credit program. But while there, I was also very involved in school. I was in a part of a lot of clubs, like Model United Nations, which is like a debate team kind of thing. I was always in the musicals and the plays, and we had a lot of other extracurricular things that I was a part of. Um, So I would say my high school experience was very involved and very fun. I loved being in that community. It's very open and diverse environment to be a part of. Then once I hit sophomore year, that's when I officially found out about the dual credit program. And so that year I took one class at Columbus State, which was a creative writing class. And then once we found out even more about the dual credit program and the logistics of it, that's when we realized, oh, this is like a really cool program where you can get college credits and the school essentially pays for most of them. And so junior year hit and I was almost full time enrolled in Columbus State. And since ever since then, I've been just working at it. And I was fortunate enough to get enough credits to graduate in December. 
and graduate with my associates in entrepreneurship. So that was very exciting. And for post-secondary school, I do want to get a bachelor's in film. So that is where I'm looking at Cleveland State for. Awesome. So going through that dual credit program is pretty, um, is, is it intense? Is it, a, is it a hard program to go through? I would say so, just because it does require a lot of self-initiative. You have to be disciplined enough to get your work done, especially if you're doing online classes. Uh, half of my classes were in class and then half of them were online. So with both of those, in college, it's different from high school because they don't hold your hand. You know, no one's keeping track of you and being like, hey, did you turn this assignment in? It's very much so like this is when it's due. You're expected to get it done. So you definitely have to be very aware, very good at time management, very organized and um, yeah, take that initiative to get the work done. I think uh, one of the most impressive things that you did while going through the College Credit Plus program and one of the biggest sacrifices you made was the fact that you actually went took full courses throughout two different summer sessions. Mm -hmm. So you made ultimately one of the ultimate sacrifices, giving up your free time to be able to get these these credits in so you can actually graduate with your associate's degree. Yeah. And, and during the summer, it was a full course load. It was, you know, five classes, which I was in classes sometimes where I was with full grown adults and they were surprised that I had that many classes on my schedule. They were taking like maybe two and they were already kind of overwhelmed by that. And so it definitely was a huge sacrifice. But again, in the end, you have to take advantage of that kind of opportunity because these days college is so expensive and it can be overwhelming sometimes. The financial burden of it all and so when you do have a really nice program like the dual credit program where you can get college credits and it's paid for I mean why not yeah so going through all those courses when anyone sacrificing your summers and stuff like how did you feel like you managed everything because I know obviously being a a teenager and a young adult you want to have fun and spend time with your friends as well as get the education that you desire. So tell me how you balance that out. Definitely. It was definitely required a balance between my social life and my academic life. There was definitely a lot of times where I really wanted to go out with friends, but I had something due. And so I had to be responsible in that manner and say, okay, I, I have to miss out on this for right now because I need to get this done. Um, so it required a lot of that. I would also say I adopted a planner, (laughs) which was very necessary. I needed to write down everything that was due because otherwise I would have forgotten most likely. So it just requires a lot of, it requires a lot of discipline and organization because when you are surrounded by people who aren't as involved during their summers as you are, sometimes you get a little bit of FOMO, you get fear of missing out. You don't want to like miss out on your summers or hanging out with friends but it's important to go ahead and get it done because in the end it's worth it and now I have a full like six months where I'm not really doing anything and it's because I took those summers and like spent time in school during those. Outside of you graduating from college one of the highlights that I found that I thoroughly enjoyed with your uh, academic career is when you came home one day in your uh, negotiation class can you share a little bit about that story of how you negotiated with uh, a few students who were older than you and how you came out in the end of that? Uh, One semester I was taking a negotiation class, which was really helpful for me because, again, I am going into the entertainment industry, so I want to be able to negotiate uh, finances, negotiate salary, all those things. And so 
I really enjoyed that class and I really took it seriously. And there were days where we had little like mock negotiations with other people. And so I would, you know, listen to the lectures and really take notes and really focus on like, okay, this is the way that you bargain with people. And my professor ended up taking notice of that and kind of just pointing out like, you're really committed. You're like, you're the youngest person in this class and you are like on it. And I was just like, yeah, because I I think this is really important and I want to know as much as possible. And so I did end up getting a lot of like good feedback from my peers in that class, which all of them were, of course, older than me. So that was really important and really cool for me to experience being kind of considered on their same level, even though I was coming in from such a younger standpoint with little experience. I was still respected in that manner. And like, because I actually did try and I actually did care about the class. Not only did you try, but you also mentioned to me that you actually out negotiated many of your fellow classmates who <laughs> were well into their 20s. Yeah, a couple of times that did happen. Um, it was it was all really just like low stakes, you know, it wasn't anything super uh, intense, but it was it was cool to be able to stick up for myself in that manner and, and you know, learn real world experiences. And folks, if you don't think an education pays off, I just wanted to share a little story. We were in the Bahamas the uh, just I think just last week mm-hmm. and our daughter wanted to purchase something from one of the guys at the dock who was selling stuff. And he gave her a price and she literally negotiated him down. Like, well, what am I going to go pay for this much at your place when I can go over to this place and get it for this much? And she actually didn't. Know, this guy's a professional. He sits on the docks. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. And our, our 18-year-old daughter actually talked him down to the price she wanted. And so education truly paid off in that form. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was awesome. So knowing that you've gone through, you know, the summers and, and with high school getting your associate's degree plus still working in high school and still, I think, balancing pretty well with seeing your friends and doing extracurriculars. If you could do it all again and start over, what would you do differently next time? I would say personally because I am a very social butterfly and because I did really enjoy being involved so much in high school, I would probably try to find more of a balance between being in high school and being in college. I think that taking like taking myself completely out of high school and doing my last year fully in college was nice because I obviously ended up graduating early, but it also made me feel kind of, I don't know, sad at the fact that I wasn't having that same high school experience that I started out with. And I would say if I did it over again, I'd probably just try and infuse those together more and not just choose one over the other. So I guess it was a, it was a great lessons even for us as parents. You know, we've always known you are capable of so many things, and so we were encouraging you. But we also wanted you to make sure you found a balance. You know, and I think you've done a great job of that. And we absolutely know there could have been things that you've done differently and better, but we're really proud of of where you've come from so far. So we were talking earlier, and you said that you have been accepted to Cleveland State mm-hmm. for a degree in film. Um, So talk to us a little bit about why you chose that degree and and why you chose Cleveland State. I've honestly just been in love with movies ever since I was really young. Uh, I always thought I was going to be on uh, in front of the camera because uh, when I was young, obviously, you signed me with with a talent agency. And I've been doing like commercials and modeling gigs ever since I was really little. And it wasn't until freshman year when I really figured out that I had a passion for the other side of things, the the writing, the directing, the producing side of filmmaking. 
Um, and that came about because I had entered some video scholarships and won them. And once I realized, oh, I kind of have a knack for this, like this is really fun, I realized this is this is where I want to spend my time. This is the degree, this is the career that I want to focus on. And so once I figured that out, I, it required a lot of research of like, okay, what are some of the best schools in the country for filmmaking and uh, kind of what do the programs look like? What am I looking for for myself? Um, and ultimately, I wanted a school that was going to give me the craft of filmmaking, but also teach me the business side of it. I didn't want a school that was just like, here's, you know, your hopes and dreams and you can just run with them and hopefully it'll work. I wanted a school that was like, here's the logistics of how the business and the industry works and here's how to make a profitable career out of it. We looked at a lot of different schools. We looked at schools in Florida. We did like me and my dad did a whole, you know, tour day in the United States of, of filmmaking <laughs> colleges. Can you give an example of a few of the schools that we just so people understand the depth and the types of schools you were trying to reach out to? Yeah, so in Florida, we looked at Ringling College, which was uh, an art school that focuses really on like filmmaking, graphic design, animation, that kind of thing. Um, and that school was really nice. It was just, you know, really, really quite expensive because it, it was a uh, for-profit private uh, university. Um, and we found that to be kind of a running theme for a lot of these schools was that they were for profit. And so the tuition was just, you know, astronomical, really. Um, but we did look at uh, Florida State University, which is one of the top five school film schools, I believe, in, in the country. It has a 5% acceptance rate for the film program. So, you know, it's really it's really high up there. Um, and we really did enjoy that program. Um, and we looked in California and all these other places. And ultimately, it came down to just like, where did I feel most at home? And then what was going to be essentially the most bang for my buck? Like, what's not going to get me into the most student debt, but I can still feel feel like I'm getting a really good education and I'm set up for the industry? I think the nice thing, too, about Cleveland State University is their program is up and coming and new. And the fact that the BFA for film and media that you're going after is in line with what Florida States and USC's and some of these top film schools are doing. Yeah, for sure. When it comes to schools in Ohio that do offer the film program, Cleveland State was the most impressive to me because not only are they the only school in Ohio right now with a standalone film school, um, but they're also, you know, constantly getting endowments and grants to better the film program. And when visiting there, it was just, it felt legit. It felt similar to like a Florida State University or a USC even, you know, obviously on a smaller scale, but the same thing. And that's kind of what I had to take into account when looking for a school that was right for me was that a lot of the curriculum is similar across the board. And the difference is obviously location. So if I go to school in California, I might have more direct opportunities into the industry, into Hollywood. But that doesn't mean that I'm like getting, you know, an astronaut astronomically better education just because I'm going to California you know I can still get a good one here and then move once I'm ready and financially stable right and so I mean I love that we're talking about finances because that's a segue into uh, our next topic which is really around uh, student debt scholarships and being able to finance your education so you did mention earlier that you did get a few film scholarships earlier. So we talk about that a little bit. And then ultimately, um, what else have you applied for? 
Yeah, so I think scholarships are another big part about the transition from high school into college. Um, It's really all about finances and it's all about taking opportunities to try and make school as affordable as you possibly can. And so I started applying for scholarships, I think, pretty early. I started applying. My first one was sophomore year, I believe. Um, And that was the video scholarship that I applied for. And I ended up getting a a $2,500 scholarship for that one. That was um, for the Ohio Attorney General's office. It was like a little short PSA about uh, cyber safety and security online. And, you know, it's it's just goofy little, you know, my brain working in the way that it does and it ended up paying off and so that's kind of what led me into like not only my love for filmmaking and realizing that this is the career I wanted but also realizing how important it is to apply for scholarships and just take the opportunities you're not going to get every single one and that shouldn't deter you it should like encourage you to keep going and keep applying because like some of them go without being you know taken because people don't apply for them and so it's really important just to you know make maybe a basic outline for an essay change it up if you need to if the prompt is different but you know try and like apply to as many as possible yeah i think it's important for especially young students if any young students are out there listening to understand how much you may seem like well it's a lot of work i gotta put in i gotta do a lot of writing but in actuality you're gonna have to put in a lot of work in your real life if you don't take the time to do these scholarships now and thankfully ajali is taking that time and so far i think she's accumulated over ten thousand dollars worth of scholarships Mm -hmm. which is a tremendous amount of time on the back end that she's saving by just taking a few moments before her college career to actually apply for these scholarships yeah, it is really important. And I have a friend personally who um, applied for a scholarship called QuestBridge, and she ended up getting a full ride to University of Chicago because she put herself out there and she did what was necessary to fill out applications, and it's completely paying off. So we're talking about, you know, student debt, and it's been one of those things that seems to be escalating over time, you know, and we people put a price on the value of education. It's like, well, everyone needs to have an education, but at what cost? So, um, Brian, you found some incredible statistics right now about student debt in America. Yeah. Th- one of the things that really kind of caught me by surprise is, first of all, student debt is near $1.6 trillion as of 2019. And to put it in perspective, consumer debt for education totals more than actual car loans out there in credit card debt. Credit card debt in the U.S. is only $1 trillion. So it just goes to show you how big and monstrous student loan debt is becoming in this country. Yeah, what do you think about the future, um, like specifically your generation as you're looking at college and education? Honestly, I think that as we continue to go down this line of more and more student loans and more uh, debt, people are going to start to be turned off by the idea of going to college. There's a lot of opportunities out there that people can do things that are not traditional college or university based, but can definitely give them the information and knowledge they need to do a job well. Mm-hmm. So I know obviously a lot of colleges are offering online degrees as well and not you don't have to be in a classroom. Hopefully that they're going to be moving more toward do you have the knowledge, not necessarily the degree, mm-hmm. you know, because I know we're very fortunate that our Columbus Metropolitan Library here have so many resources for people to be able to educate themselves and to grow in their professional knowledge. So I'm hopeful that more 
employers and people will see that that is just as valuable as a college degree without the extra debt. Mm-hmm. There's also alternatives as well as uh, technical schools where you can get a lot of blue collar type uh, skills, which uh, a lot of the blue collar jobs nowadays, they pay pretty daggone well. So you need to take that in consideration where your passion lies. Because if, if you feel like you're good at electric work or or tra- some kind of trade skill, then go in that direction. Don't because college is not for everybody. It wasn't for me. I didn't go to I didn't go to college. Till I was what thirty six. Mm-hmm. So know your niche, and because you, you got to earn a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So as your parents, I know sometimes you can feel like we push you just a little bit. That's all our mom. <laughs> or a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in how you pursue your education and such. So what role do you think we played in helping you get to where you are today? And what also do you think parents should be doing for any of their kids to help them through growing and becoming an adult? Yeah, so I think that the role you guys played started at a really young age for me. I think that you taught me the importance of education and the importance of trying your best really young, even when I was, you know, in elementary school. If I brought home an A on a report card, I earned $5 for that A. And that was really good uh, positive reinforcement of like, when you try hard, you get rewarded. And when you, when you really focus in school, it's a good thing. And I think that obviously you don't want to stress over things too much, but it was never like a forced, like, you know, you have to get an A and that's all you're worth or anything. It was just like, you have to try your best. And in school, you know, if you're struggling with something, you know, giving up is not an option. Not turning something in is not an option. If you're struggling with something, come to us and we'll help you or we'll figure out a way that you can figure it out. And so um, that was really important growing up. So that kind of molded me to be the academic student that I am in the sense that I really care about school and I really care about my grades and I really care about trying and succeeding. Um, I think that when it comes to the college search, it's really important for parents to talk to your kid about college. I think you guys have been really involved in my search for college and all the aspects that go into that financially, socially, whatever. And I have a lot of friends that didn't have that. They kind of were just on their own when it came to finding a college that was right for them. So of course they're going to not be completely aware, you know, the debt and the and the risk of student loans and all those things because they just weren't educated on it as much as they could have been. So I think that really it was beneficial that you guys were so adamant on, you know, telling me try hard, but also, you know, pick a school that is going to be financially like sound for you. And I can say as a parent, I can, I can't thank you enough for actually listening to us because I know when I was your age, I thought I knew everything and what was best. So thank you for actually soaking in what we were saying. And for the parents out there who are listening, you have to understand it is your responsibility as well to educate your children. We went to several schools that put on a bunch of light shows and, and uh, a lot of romancing you and trying to swoo you and getting, getting you to come in. And those schools came at a higher cost, which was not always better for our daughter uh, in that aspect. But as a parent, you have to you have to be very aware that it is very hard for a 17 or 18 year old child to understand the difference between what 30 or 40 thousand dollars of debt is and what one hundred and sixty thousand dollars in debt. Most of these kids have barely, if ever, have even had a thousand dollars 
in their hands at one time. So to have that kind of that amount of money laying on the table without educating them about what it's like to repay that back is also your responsibility as parent. You're as equally as fault if that child defaults or doesn't follow through on paying that loan because you didn't do your job as a, as a parent. Now I'll get off my soapbox, but I'm glad you're, <laughs> I'm glad that you, you've taken the time to listen to us and take in and soak in what we have been saying. It's been, it's been really making our job easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're re- very, very proud of you and the, and the strides that you're making, not only for your education, but who you are as a human being, you know, just branching out, doing a lot of the volunteer work you do, caring about your friends and the compassion and empathy that you show, then also the business aspect where you have your own LLC as an entrepreneur. It's very impressive if we were on the outside looking in at you, and it's even more so that you're our child, and we love you so much and are so proud of you and everything that you've accomplished. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That's awesome. Well, I'm very excited um, about your future, and I hope that other parents um, have a chance to listen and think about all the options that are available to them and their children for education. And and also to realize too, education in a college setting is not for everyone, mm. um, especially because of the financial implications of it, but just encouraging um, your students and your, and your young people to look at education and acquiring knowledge by any means um, that's available to them is going to be super important. So Udemy, LinkedIn Learning, I mean, there's a lot of those kind of things out there and check with your local library because they really do have a lot of awesome resources out there. Awesome. I love you. I love you. Would you two stop it? (laughs) I love you too. He's just jealous again. We love you, daddy. We're trying to do a professional broadcast here. (laughs) Yes. Professional love. That's what we're all about. Yes. But I will say that if there's one thing that I would give to the, the students, um, is just that when it comes to picking a, a school that's right for you, it's really important to think about it holistically. You know, I feel like you should look at it, you should make a list for yourself of the things that are mo- most important to you in a school and try and find a school that matches that as close to possible. And you might have to make some compromises here and there. You know, for me, uh, I definitely fell in love with some of the schools that I saw in California, but the compromise was the financial you know, risk that I was going to be taking by going all the way there was just too much, you know, for me. And so Cleveland State was like very good little like perfect ball of like everything that I needed from a school. And so I think, you know, obviously choose a place that speaks to you and that feels like home, but also be very aware of like every aspect of it, the financial aspect, the social aspect, you know, crime rates in that area location how far are you are you going to be able to be away from your parents wherever you're you know going do you want to be closer to your family all those things are really good things to take into consideration when looking for school because i I know one of the big draws for you uh ironically was nothing to do with the school but it was everything to do with having a beach nearby (laughs) i will admit that that was (laughs) that was one of my big uh points but clearly i mean a lake is close enough Yes, Lake yeah, Erie is right up there. I'm, and I'm sure that beach is just as dandy as the ones down <laughs> in Florida. Yes, it's true. But if you ever get that itch, we'll be happy to get you a ticket and we'll fly you down there and you can do your thing just to soak up the sun for a moment. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Aji, for being a part of our podcast and hosting, uh, joining us today. Thank you for having me. I hope that this was helpful to you listeners out there. 
Um, and yeah, I'm always open to talk about uh, my college experience, my dual credit program experience. And so um, I have an Instagram at uh, LO, it's okay, so it's 3LLO dot it's dot Aji. Um, and then you can also find me on YouTube at Aji Baker. And you can find me on Twitter at Ajali M. Thank you. Well, this has been another wonderful episode of Everything's Not Black and White. If you want to get in touch with us, how do they do that, Brian? You can reach us at enbwpodcast at gmail.com. And if you have any questions or comments, you feel free to send those to us and we'll try to respond to them uh, quickly. And if you have any questions for Ajali, feel free to email us there and we'll forward those on to her so she can reach out to you directly. And from that point, I guess we'll call that the end of this podcast. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. This has been Everything's Not Black and White, a podcast about perspectives with your hosts, Lala and Brian, a production of LBB Edutainment.